CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. W-B-E-Z. I would love for the opportunity. <laughs> Maybe interview. I've sent like 50 resumes. You're what? It's funny. From Dr. D. My name's Dennis. Oh, we're on. Oh, how's it going, everybody? Uh, that's how, Send out an how email. The, that's how the young doctor spends his days. Come on, W-B-Z. <laughs> <laughs> sending out an email sorry i was trying to get that done you know a little thing i had to do before the week was over sorry uh be easy uh but did you go to an ivy league college uh dr d uh, well you know this junior college i went to is the ivy league of alton illinois okay all right <laughs> Your Ben Jaromsky Show, Oh What a Week, is brought to you by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, and Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for all things there is to know the city of Chicago. Where to go? What, what's so funny? This is be easy. You caught me off guard with that. We haven't done that be easy gag in a while, so you just kind of caught me off guard with the uh, old WB. Sorry, D. Oh, be right. professional, Ben. That's be right. professional. SEIU Healthcare. All right. <laughs> Illinois, Indiana. Chicago Federation of Labor. Chicago Teachers Union and Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for all things there is to know the city of Chicago. Where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink. They have concert listings. Yes. Yeah, they talk about pot. All right. Sometimes, you know, where to buy it, what to put it in, your food or something. I don't know. Just Chicago Reader and columns from our very own Ben Jarofsky. Ben, tell everybody about the latest column in the Chicago Reader. Oh, my God. I had actually fun with a, uh, a newsletter piece I wrote, uh, which um, uh, details my obsessive love for White Lotus. Took a little break, D, from, uh, you know, pounding the pavement of politics. How about that for peas, huh? Mm. Uh, and I, I, I raised this subject that is um, very uh, triggering for me, that I'm not that bright when it comes to watching White Lotus. How everybody else seems to understand what's going on in White Lotus. And I'm like... They, don't understand it. I don't get it. <laughs> I need help, D. I need, oh, don't I look need for me. On that. Don't look to me. I can't. That's me with a lot of movies. <laughs> no, but it just goes right over my head. You know, and so, so White Lotus drops. There's a show that drops every week. Uh, and it's like the modern day Who Killed JR. Remember that? Oh, that Dallas. was maybe for you. Dallas. Yes, I remember. Dallas. My mom would watch but, that. Okay. So anyway so in, in in those days they ended a season with a mystery and you had to wait all summer to see how it resolved and who killed jr or was it who shot jr can't remember was shot or killed shot. a long time it was ago. shot who shot jr it was shot because he he still lived right didn't he live like mm -hmm. uh anyway so uh you know everybody's like guessing you know because it's not like literally a thing ladies and gentlemen you understand that it's the figment of some writer's imagination they it could go anyway so everybody's trying to figure it out, like the little clues that the writer leaves that in this case, it's like who was murdered and who did the murder in this uh, white Lotus. And I'm like, guys, you realize that like all these clues could be to a dead end. You know, this is just something that this writer made up. 
Anyway, D, half the stuff, the clues I missed. I missed the clues, D. All right. That's a little word of wisdom there from Ben Jarofsky, everybody. If you're reading some fiction, getting into it, just know that there's a good opportunity. It could completely suck at the end. <laughs> yeah, it could. It could make no sense because it's just some human being doing this, making it up as he or she goes along merrily through life. Anyway, so that's what I wrote about. All right, Chicago Reader, chicagoreader.com. And if you want to help out this program, you can. <laughs> chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky. J-O-R-A. V is in victory. S-K-Y. It is Friday, October 9th, and this is the Ben Jarofsky Show's Oh, What a Week. Now your host, Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Britney Freed Friday, and here's why. Because Britney Griner has been free, ladies and gentlemen. Britney Griner has been free. You all know it. You all watch the news. You're all obsessed. If you listen to my show, you're obsessive news watchers. I know because you guys text and tweet me stuff. Not tweet, but text me stuff. That's just you're ahead of me in the news. I'm so busy booking guests for the show. I miss this stuff. The updates. <laughs> Constantly booking guests, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, Brittany Griner, the great basketball player for um, the Phoenix Mercury, uh, was freed. She was, uh, in my opinion, a setup like a bowling pin, knocked down uh, in Moscow. I guess it was in February when uh, Russian police arrested her for having a vape uh, pen with some like, uh, reefer dust on it. I have no idea what to call it. Traces of marijuana. It's legal in this country, by the way. It's not legal in Russia. So they throw her in jail uh, and they sentenced her. I think it was nine years, nine years of labor in a labor camp. I mean, God damn, that's some tough stuff. Well, it's pretty obvious uh, that it was a setup deal. It's pretty obvious uh, that she was being held a prisoner just sort of uh, to get back at the United States. Uh, you know, at this by this stage, the United States and Russia was in a war of words over the Russian invasion of Ukraine. We all know what to do. We all followed this. Uh, so then there was a show trial where they, you know, they keep the defendants locked in a jail cell. Uh, during their trials in Russia. Interesting concept of the notion of uh, innocent until proven guilty. It's the reverse in Russia, I guess. You know, they put them in jail. Can you imagine doing that here in the United States? I mean, I can recall back in 1969, 70, uh, Bobby Steele was uh, bound and gagged uh, and chained uh, at the Chicago 8 then conspiracy trial, and that was considered an outrageous uh, uh, violation of his rights uh but uh they literally all the time i mean it's not just russia i've seen this in other countries where they just put them in a jail cell so they're while while they're watching their trial they're in some kind of sense of message that they're already guilty uh she, she said yes yeah, she did it she uh brought the uh uh the marijuana over to the cannabis over to uh deal with a back pain anyway she was held uh, in uh, prison and she was convicted and she was sent to a work camp and they cut a deal all the while uh, diplomats are working feverishly behind the scenes for the United States uh, and Russia for a prisoner swap. And she ended up getting uh, exchanged for Victor Bout, who was um, uh, the merchant of death 
so-called merchant of death and arms dealer. And uh, here's a local angle. I'm surprised it sometimes hasn't done the local angle. You know, every time there's a news story, they do the local angle. Uh, he was being held in prison in Marion, Illinois, the federal prison in Marion, Illinois. Hey, there you go. There's a local angle. Damn it. I was just going to talk about that in the news. <laughs> Oh, you were? Oops. No, I wasn't. I wasn't. Okay. Thank goodness. Uh, we did a little pre-show planning today. But I always thought it was kind of funny, uh, the attitude that Chicagoans wouldn't care about a story unless there was some kind of local angle to it. So well, here's the local angle sometimes. You can use it. The part that really uh, interests uh, me uh, is the response by the Republican Party. Very curious response by the Republican Party. You think there'd be joy and jubilation uh, that uh, Brittany Griner, who was so clearly set up and so obviously framed and so unfairly and grossly sentenced to this obscenely long uh, term in a prison camp or work camp, a labor camp, uh, did you think there would be across the board jubilation uh, the, uh, her release? But no, it's uh, Republicans generally are, are joined, a, formed a chorus where they're saying the United States gave up too much to get Brittany. And it's like they're analyzing this exchange of prisoners like it was a trade in the NBA. Bulls fans are doing this all the time, ladies and gentlemen. You still have a, a feverish debate of Bulls fans over whether the Bulls gave up too much uh, to get Vukovic. Uh, two years ago, two years ago, Bulls fans are still, I get texts all the time from angry Bulls fans. We gave up too much for Vukovic. We shouldn't have given up that second draft choice for Vukovic. Bulls fans, calm down, all right? But anyway, but Republicans are doing the same thing with Brittany Griner. We gave up too much. What, what do you care? I mean, it's kind of weird. The whole thing is very weird coming from Republicans. From one hand, many Republicans really admire Vladimir Putin. You know, Tucker Carlson admires him. Marjorie uh, Taylor Greene admires him. Across the board, it's sort of uh, seen as though that, uh, in many instances, Republicans support him more than they support Joe Biden. So you would think that Republicans uh, would be on Vladimir Putin's side. So if Vladimir Putin engineered a swap in which he got the advantage of Joe Biden, you'd think they would be celebrating. Ha ha! <laughs> we got our arms dealer back. What did you get? And then WNBA player. You would think they'd be joyous. But no, they're criticizing Biden. I thought you guys were in the Putin team. That'd be like Bulls fans being mad that the Orlando Magic got a better deal than the Bulls did in the exchange for the aforementioned exchange uh, for Vooch. I'm just saying, just trying to give this some context here that uh, basketball fans would understand this. I don't understand that. And secondly, there's, there's the issue of uh, there's a another prisoner. Uh, currently detained uh, by Russian, currently in Russian jail right now. Uh, Paul Whalen is his name. Uh, and he was uh, also arrested and convicted on what? I don't know, man. Sounds like very um, suspicious charges of espionage. Sounds like a phony deal to me. Uh, and so the Republicans are saying they should have gotten uh, Whalen out along with Brittany Griner out. So they're denouncing the deal. So wait. It's like you can't force Vladimir Putin to give up both prisoners that he wrongly snatched and unfairly uh, convicted and sentenced. I 
you can't force them to do this. So what do you walk away from a deal that would let Brittany Griner out? Is that how you see it? Well, that's it. We're going to play hardball with you. Yeah. Who's suffering when you play hardball? Brittany Griner is suffering. That actually makes no sense. And by the way, Whalen was uh, snatched and unfairly convicted and tried and sentenced during the Trump years. So you would think Republicans might be a little reluctant to draw attention to all that because Trump did absolutely nothing to get him out. Why? He was office. He didn't use his great powers of persuasion and uh, what was he? the, The master of negotiations and the deal to get him out. So I, don't, I truly don't understand uh, the logic in any way of the Republican criticism other than this, the obvious point. Uh, we're now locked in an endless battle between Republicans and Democrats, and no news is good news if it, quote-unquote, benefits the other side. You must immediately oppose absolutely everything that the other side does, even if it's good. You must find a reason to denounce it uh, and mock it and malign it and marginalize it. That's where we're at right now, folks. Uh, It kind of reminds me of Chicago politics back in the 80s uh, during council wars when everything Harold Washington did was mocked and maligned uh, by his opponents. You cannot cannot give him just the the notion that he's doing something right because otherwise some voter in your block may peel away and vote for him. Seems very unlikely uh, in this uh, current political situation that anyone in MAGA is going to peel away and vote for Joe Biden. But just in case... They're going to denounce the release of Brittany. All right. Enough on that. Dennis, before we uh, take the deep dive and oh, what a week, we have a mystery guest who's really not a mystery because, as you always point out to me, people can see his name uh, on the caption uh, that we post. So let's just pretend it is a mystery guest. So mystery <laughs> guest. <laughs> Mr. Guest, introduce yourself, mystery guest. Uh, well, um, I was uh, I was. Uh, uh, a state representative for seven years on the northwest side of the city of Chicago. And three years ago, I became a state senator. And now, uh, for some reason, I've gotten myself into the business of promoting mayoral candidates for him. It's Rob Martwick, state senator from the northwest side. Yes. I was hoping you would set that up as a trivia question that our uh, listeners could guess, except this is pre-recorded and there's really no listeners to guess. So anyway, neither here nor there. Uh, uh, Rob agreed uh, to come on the show, do a little promotion, a little shameless promotion, uh, because I agreed to be a moderator uh, at a mayoral forum uh, that Rob and the 38th Ward Democrats are sponsoring. So give the who, what, where, uh, Rob, on what's going down. Take it away. Yeah, thanks, Ben. So four years ago, we did this with the big mayoral race four years ago, and it was a really big hit. We had about 600 people in the audience at the Copernicus Center on the northwest side of the city of Chicago, which is Lawrence Avenue, just east of Milwaukee Avenue. You can't miss it. It's got a big spire and a clock tower, um, uh, cultural and civic center on the northwest side. Um, beautiful theater inside. I don't know if you've been in the theater, Ben, but it's gorgeous. It's the old Gateway Theater, one of the preserved old movie palaces from uh, the heyday of movie th- movie palaces in Chicago. Um, so, yeah, we did it four years ago. It was great, and we thought we would do it again because people really liked it, give people an opportunity to meet the candidates. So this Tuesday, uh, December 13th, um, at 5 p.m., the doors will open. Uh, there will be candidates manning tables so they can meet and greet um, uh, audience members that have come to witness it. And at 6 o'clock, the forum will kick off with Ben Jarofsky moderating. 
uh, very exciting. Um, and uh, it, it, the forum will go for about an hour and a half. We'll have uh, one minute questions um, chosen by our illustrious moderator and two 30 second rebuttals for every question. Um, we have a little lightning round, which is, you know, one word or yes or no answers. And uh, um, yeah, it's, it's really a great opportunity to, to meet the people vying to be the next mayor of the city of Chicago and to hear from them and in a really good format. All right. And uh, so who will be there or who has said uh, that they will be there, I should put it, uh, and who won't be there? Go ahead. Uh, good question. Um, let's start it with the who will be there. Um, Brandon Johnson, uh, uh, County Commissioner uh, Brandon Johnson is confirmed. Um, Cam Buckner, state representative, is confirmed. Dr. Willie Wilson is confirmed. Paul Vallis is confirmed. Jamal Green is confirmed. Alderperson Sophia King is confirmed. Um, uh, the ones that are not uh, uh, confirmed as of yet, we, we have a hard no from Mayor Lightfoot. Um, she has told us that she has a scheduling conflict Um uh, but to be fair, if I was her political advisor, I'd probably advise her uh, to avoid as many of those as possible. Um, I don't think there's much benefit for an incumbent to have 10 people just criticize her for an hour and a half. But, you know, if she wants to come and speak to the people, we've made sure to forward all of the information to her team. And we've told them that that she is welcome to attend. So hopefully uh, she'll decide to come in and speak to her constituents. Um, Congressman Chuy Garcia is uh, a maybe on the event. He has a session in Congress that day, and um, he his, his staff has told me that he does not wish to miss congressional session in order to campaign for mayor, which is, uh, I think, you know, that's a challenge and somewhat problematic. Um, but there are a lot of flights to and from uh, Washington, D.C. through O'Hare, so I'm, I'm hoping he makes it out for the forum. All right. So he's not a definite no. Uh, it's just uh, curious here. Uh, I think I know the answer to this question, but I want to make certain. Uh, so four years ago, you uh, had a forum. And uh, at that stage, uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot was candidate Lori Lightfoot. Uh, and uh, did she attend as candidate uh, Lori Lightfoot, the uh, forum in the 38th Ward uh, at the Copernicus Center? She did. Yes. Uh, she attended as candidate, uh, Lori Lightfoot. And, uh, um, you know, my favorite memory of that was her, um, you know, and it's personal to me was watching her stand up and declare her allegiance to a fully elected school board, which, uh, shortly after elected being elected, she would change her mind on. But yeah. uh, I do remember that. Yeah. Uh, well, there, everybody's allowed to change their mind. Okay, uh, that is, and uh, and but we we will have an elected school board anyway. Even though the mayor changed her mind, eventually we will have that. Uh, all right. Uh, now, I mixed feelings. Get your thoughts on this. You've been in politics mm -hmm. a long time. Uh, yes, I understand. Conventional wisdom says if you're the incumbent mayor, don't go to. Uh, candidate forums because everybody will pick on you um on the other hand it's you get to meet people greet people uh you get to make your case you get to point out how everybody uh stands for nothing other than uh, picking on you i mean there are opportunities uh put on your political strategist hat if you were the mayor's advisor would you advise her to attend this forum or to stay away from this forum well um 
And again, that's a tough spot to be in because, of course, I, I, I'll, I would never miss an opportunity personally to engage with any of my opponents when I run. Um, but, you know, let's be honest, she has been um, her term has been uh, controversial and it, it, there's been a lot of conflict and strife during it. And I, I think that, you know, it, it's tough. I, I there's listen, uh, I, I am. um giving an honest assessment, I think there are uh, many good things that Mayor Lightfoot has done, um, but I think she's had a lot of challenges. And like I said, when you're outnumbered on the stage, every other challenger is going to point out your negatives. I don't think, uh, I don't think Jamal Green is going to spend a whole lot of time pointing out Cam Buckner's negatives. And I don't think Cam Buckner is going to spend a whole lot of time pointing out Sophia King's negatives. They're going to focus in on the incumbent and, and uh, you know, that's tough. So it's a strategy decision from her point. I, I would think long and hard. You know, I, I think she might be better or better served. You know, the, the other thing I would say is that I don't know that there has been a mayor in the city of Chicago. I would have thought Rahm, but I think Lori has surpassed Rahm in terms of um, what people's opinions are of, of her. It's very inelastic. People know what they think of Mayor Lightfoot. They probably know where they're going to go in this election. Um, I think there's an opportunity for to highlight um, the people in the middle. But again, unlike a lot of candidates, I don't think there's that many people in the middle for Mayor Lightfoot. I could be wrong, but, you know. All right. And then the, uh, uh, the other emerging uh, twist uh, has to do with Jamal Green uh, and Willie Wilson. The story broke uh, yesterday, I think, in the tribe. That's where I saw it anyway. I want to give credit to the tribe for breaking the story. Uh, there was a, a tape of Ricky Hendon having a conversation uh, with a uh, supporter of J. Maul Green. And Ricky Hendon, good friend of this show, has been on this show many times, uh, is a political strategist, former state senator. Uh, and uh, he's sort of the brains behind the Willie Wilson campaign. That's my opinion in terms of uh tactics and uh, he's challenging various uh, candidates one of whom is Jamal Green this is round two of Ricky Hendon challenging Jamal Green on behalf of Willie Wilson we're going to get into this more a little later uh, but anyway there's a, a recording of Ricky Hendon and it sure sounds like he's offering money to uh, a supporter of Jamal Green uh, to uh, drop their challenge of uh, Willie Wilson's mayoral candidacy they're also challenged each one is challenging the other uh so both willie wilson and jay maul green will be there on tuesday night uh is that correct rob yes they were both very early confirmations and uh they've recently reconfirmed when we sent out information about the forum coming up so uh they'll both be there and and uh ben i imagined uh, you can ask them a question or two about that incident so. yes I'll be really curious uh, to hear the response. And uh, folks, if you, this is round two of uh, the uh, battle between uh, Ricky Hendon and Jay Maul Green. If you want to see round one, I urge you to watch A City So Real, Steve James' great documentary about the 2019 mayoral campaign. Rob, I don't know if you ever saw that movie. Uh, It's, uh, it really shows warts and all the process of trying to make the ballot. Uh, in Chicago, in a mayoral campaign, we need 12,500. And uh, Ricky Hennon and J. Maul Green, uh, Ricky Hennon challenged J. Maul Green. He almost came to blows at uh, one contentious moment, and it was filmed. So um, no love yeah, lost. It's, 
it's a fascinating process. You know, you think about it. um, There is no threshold in the state. I mean, to run for governor requires less signatures than it does to run for mayor of the city of Chicago. And, and that's a, it's a strange process. Um, you know, uh, and it's really an incredible burden because, of course, you have to have 12,500 good signatures. Rule of thumb is that if you're going about it the right way, you need at least two, preferably three to one. So you're talking 25,000 to 36,000 signatures just to make the ballot. Um, so, you know, it's an incredible process. Um, I give a lot of credit to the candidates who've gone out and circulated and collected these signatures. But, uh, you know, there's no loss of uh, uh of, uh, you know, hard feelings when, uh, when the petition challenges start and they start challenging each other. There's so many different jockeying positions, but, uh, you know, like you said, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, they're both really compelling candidates and, um, they both performed really well four years ago. So it'll be pretty exciting to see them and see where they are in this process when they arrive on Tuesday. All right. One more time. Give the uh, basic information uh, about the event. Yeah. If you are interested in this upcoming mayoral race and you want to hear from the challengers from Larry Lightfoot, we have a free mayoral forum. And, and let me give a shout out here. This is not um, you, you gave us the, the the shout out and I appreciate it. The 38th Ward Democrats. But it's um, we while we have uh, put together the group, there are, I think, six different uh, ward organizations. I won't list them all. Um, there are neighborhood groups. There are civic organizations. The Natick News is a co-sponsor of this because it's occurring up on the northwest side where they do their work. Um, the Chicagoland Chamber of Commerce and the Illinois Bankers Association, various labor unions. This is a full uh, open and honest way for people to come in and really hear uh, a quality vetting of the challengers for mayor. Do you want to reelect Mayor Lori Lightfoot or do you want to see someone else take over? And here's a good chance to see who it is. Um, you, there's a meet and greet and a great forum. It will be this Tuesday, December 13th. Tuesday, December 13th. Doors open at 5 candidates will have tables with swag and information you can meet them and shake their hand and ask them a personal question um if they're there and then at six o'clock we'll start the mayoral forum in the beautiful theater that is uh the copernicus center on lawrence just uh east of milwaukee avenue that's i think it's uh i I, hold on i've got it right here let me give you the exact address it is at 5216 West Lawrence Avenue, 5216 West Lawrence Avenue, six o'clock. We're walking at the theater and Ben Jarofsky will moderate the forum between all of these candidates. Great questions and answers. And uh, it'll really give you a, be a great event. So please stop by. Yeah, no. And uh, I've actually moderated a couple of, I can't remember how many, several debates at the Copernicus Kernica Center, 45th Ward, your old friend, John Arena, uh, and your also old friend, John Garrido. Uh, man, I did several of their debates, uh, and, uh, remember them well. So it's a beautiful, beautiful venue, uh, and some great debates on that stage. All right, Rob Markwick, thank you very much uh, for coming on the show. I know you're battling, uh, COVID, but you are going to be healthy and well on Tuesday. I've been assured by the power. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm healthy and well right now. I'm just extra precautious so we don't infect anyone. All right, very good. Get some rest. See you Tuesday, okay? Thanks, Ben. Take care. All right, very good. That's Rob Markwick, uh, State Senator Rob Markwick. And yes, uh, I will be moderating the debate, and I'm really looking forward to it. All right, without further ado, now we'll kick it over to Dr. D with Owen a Week. 
I really think I'd be a good addition to WBEZ. <laughs> I would love for the opportunity to talk one-on-one with you guys. Thanks, Dr. D. <laughs> not a doctor. <laughs> oh, hey, what's up, dude? Uh, hold on, I'm getting a phone call. Oh, I get a phone call from the program manager, WBEZ. Uh, they want me to say, uh, you know, give some a testimony on your behalf. Yes, he's outstanding. Great guy. <laughs> Sorry about that. I was caught up a little. Just trying to get some, you know, emails in before the week. Over, you know, <laughs> have you tried GN? Uh, <laughs> Trust me, I've either. tried. I've tried. Trust me, <laughs> tried all of them. All right. <laughs> All right. uh, but, that, but you're still with us, D. You're still with us. I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe you want to uh, social distance from Martwick on Tuesday, huh, buddy? <laughs> Just a little COVID? God dang. Yeah. He says he's at the end of the cycle. He'll be fine on Tuesday. Okay. I'm wearing my mask. Yeah, yeah that's around. what I thought. I just want to go just to watch you now, just to freak out. Uh, First, here's the other thing. I didn't tell you this. You know, I'm. I've stopped shaking hands. This is kind of, it, it, this has been problematic because usually I'm just like in my little cave. I don't see anybody, but lately for last month or so, I've made a, have gone to a lot of different parties and, uh, you know, um, uh, film openings, et cetera, so far. Everybody go, oh, hey, how you doing? People are shaking hands. I'm like, no, yeah. I'm doing the elbow bumping thing. Yeah. I'll it, say we've it, come a long way. I just heard shake someone's hand and I got COVID in the same like paragraph from a guest. So. <laughs> We've come a long way in the last two years. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I'm not into the handshaking thing. You would do elbow bump, okay? What's the matter with an elbow bump? All right. Anyway, so if I elbow bump you on Tuesday, you'll know why. I'm not done with that handshaking thing. Elbow bump or a fist bump, if that's what you prefer. All right, everyone, how's it going? Let's find out what happened in the city of Chicago this week. That's right, no state news this week. You got the week off, Governor Pritzker. I love you too. Hey, maybe Governor, maybe Governor Pritzker will show up Tuesday. You know, he lives in Chicago. He, he, he has to make up his mind as well, D. He'll maybe show up. Hey, Governor Pritzker, if you're listening, come out to the Copernicus Center. Oh, yeah. Listen yeah. to the debate. If you heard that yeah. interview, I decided not to. I decided to social distance. He's at home. <laughs> All right. Get COVID from hey, let's keep talking that mayor's race. A 2023 Chicago mayoral candidate update. <laughs> so, which of our top two mayoral candidates had the better week? Is it... Oh, thank God. Or... I'm Chewy Garcia. We'll find out in a bit. But first, the rest of these candidates. We knew that once it came time to turn in those thousands upon thousands of petition signatures, it was going to get a little messy and heated between our Chicago mayoral hopefuls. Yes, it's an update on petition signature challenges. And it looks like we're getting a rematch of last year's petition battle. Uh, as mayoral candidate and activist Jamal Green is being challenged by Ricky Hendon, former state senator, advisor to mayoral candidate and businessman Willie Wilson, and certainly no stranger to the Ben Jarofsky show. Isn't that right, Ben? That is correct. It looks like Jamal Green has come prepared this time around, as he's shown some challenges Willie Wilson's way as well. So tongue twister there. First off, Green is challenging Wilson's residency. Green says Wilson actually lives in suburban Hazel Crest and has listed a Chicago, a Chicago condo where he does business as his home. Wilson denied Green's accusation, telling the Tribune's Alice Yen and Gregory Pratt, I have two homes. I live in downtown. I'm rich. He didn't add that part, but and 
<laughs> Rich people stuff. You don't get this. I got two houses. And Ricky Hendon mocked Green's assertion, telling the Sun-Times' Fran Spielman that if Green can kick Wilson off the ballot, quote, the Chicago Cubs will win the Super Bowl this year. And they don't even play football. <laughs> ben, your thoughts? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's hilarious. Uh, well, first of all, um, yes, uh, Willie Wilson is correct. You're allowed to have more than one uh, pieces of property that you own. Uh, we learned that from our governors, right, D? I mean, our last two governors own more than one uh, home. Uh. <laughs> I forget, J.B. Pritzker, and, 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 of course, Bruce Rauner. I forget how many Bruce Rauner owns. Uh, there was one in Montana. There was one in Florida. There was one in Winnetka. A couple with one. toilets, without toilets. It's awesome. <laughs> That's Pritzker. Oh. Okay, get your governors oh. straight. Like Rauner's right. never done the old toilet trick. Uh, Pritzker was the one who oh, had the condo next to the building he owned, where he took the toilet out, and oh my goodness, those good times from the 2018 uh, gubernatorial race. Uh, <laughs> good can, times, D. Good hey, can times. I, can I use your bathroom? Ah, funny story. Uh... <laughs> can I use your bathroom? Yeah, a question a lot of people ask governors. Uh, Governor Pritzker, may I use your bathroom? <laughs> um, so we all know, we've learned that, that you can have more uh, than one properties. Now, what is your official home? Uh, what do you, you know, uh, what do you vote out of? That, I guess, is the issue. We Remember, remember Mayor Rahm had this problem? Back in 2011, it was. He was challenged because there was some technicality in the law that uh, his opponents thought he violated. He didn't hadn't lived long enough in his residence in Ravenswood, and he had actually f physically moved to Washington and was adjudicated. I think it went all the way to the Supreme Court of the state of Illinois. Don't quote me on that, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, it, it, it went up high uh, in the uh, system here, the uh, judicial system here in Illinois. So, yeah. We've learned that you're allowed to have more th than one property uh, in your possession. Now, whether Willie Wilson actually lives in Hazelcrest as opposed to his condo in the loop, well, I suppose uh, that'll be, again, decided by some judge, some hearing officer. And I think uh, I got if I had to put money in Vegas, D, uh, which is, you know, I'm always uh, uh, trying to curb my uh, gambling. Yeah, please don't had to gamble, please. I don't want to gamble. Although, by the way, just a shout out. Uh, uh, Brendan Schiller will be joining us next week. I'm really excited about this. This is the son of Helen Schiller, who was our guest yesterday. I'm covering the whole family. But Brendan has left Chicago politics uh, and moved to Vegas and is making a living gambling, uh, which I can't wait for this interview. It's going to be a fascinating interview uh, about uh, gambling. Anyway, but uh, focus, Ben, focus. Uh, so if I had a, if I had a uh, place a bet, I would say that uh, Ricky Hendon and Willie Wilson will prevail on this matter. I'm sure they'll have documents that show that more often than not, they're in their South Loop uh, apartment or condo, uh, that he probably votes out of that South Loop apartment or condo. But I guess this is uh, J. Miles Green way of letting uh, Ricky Hendon know, hey, two can play this game. Right. You do your, I'll play right back at you. The w Willie Wilson is wealthy. We all know that. In fact, the f the fact that he's well known in Chicago at all is in part because he's uh, not afraid to literally give money away, give gas, free gas, pay for your free gas, pay for free groceries, pay your utility bills. So uh, this is part of 
his reputation. When he came on our show many years ago, he made the great line where he said, uh, what did he say? D I sign the front of your check. You sign the back of your check. It's a, that's his way of letting everybody know he owns the company. You work for him. He's wealthy. He's successful, wealthy, successful people in America own more than one property. I think we all know that. Uh, and now the issue is, is he claiming both properties for the homeowner's deduction? That's a no, no. Bruce Rauner got in trouble for doing that D uh, Herschel Walker got in trouble for doing that down in Georgia. That is a no, no. You're only supposed to have one property that you could claim a homeowner's deduction on because there's only one home. So the issue that uh, some hearing officer will have to determine is which one is his official uh, residence. And I, I don't know. It's kind of cured now. I'm thinking about it. Why would you have a house in Hazelcrest uh, and a condo? I remember, you know what I'm saying? A condo uh, in the loop. Why would you? I don't know. Sounds Maybe like an awesome what? problem to have if you ask me. Two houses? Yeah, That's so yeah. cool. Yeah, Bruce Runner, by the way, he had a mansion in Winnetka. And, uh, <laughs> it's awesome. He had a mansion in Winnetka, ladies and gentlemen, okay, which is a bedroom suburb on the North Shore, very well-to-do suburb. He had a mansion in Winnetka and I think two condos downtown. And so, you know, like, why would you? I, I don't, you know what, D? You're right. I, I, I just don't understand because I haven't reached that state yeah. yet. But I will with this podcast. Are you kidding? Huh. Are, you, are you kidding? It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen, man. But one day, I will, so much money will roll in from this podcast. It's going to happen. I do. Oh, wow. wait. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I think I got a response from BEC. Oh, uh, wait. No, it wasn't them. Damn it. Uh, by the way, what happened to your camera? I'm not seeing your lovely sh- smiling face anymore. Oh, you don't see me? No. There I, I am. And I, hey. I miss There you Sorry go. What a good looking guy. Sorry about that. Uh, so, uh, anyway, uh, I, now that I've talked myself all, you know, I could do this, ladies and gentlemen. On one hand, this, on one hand, that. I'm running out of hands. Help, flag. Which way is the flag blowing? <laughs> I'm sticking with the bet uh, that uh, Willie Wilson prevails on this one. I'm sticking with the bet. But all right. I'm going to well, be interested in the argument. All right. Well, there's the bet on that one. Well, we have more. The latest. Oh. You and Martwick just talked about it. An audio recording allegedly between Willie Wilson's political consultant, Ricky Hendon, and a volunteer for J. Maul Green's campaign has leaked. And the talk details a bribe for Green's team to drop the petition challenge against Wilson. The tribe has released the audio. I have the audio. And I'm not sure if we want to play it or not on the show. Uh, we... Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, if we play it, it on the tribe, ladies and gentlemen, right? If we play it, we may risk the chance of having Ricky on the show or something, right? Yeah, no, I, I bring Ricky on. I'm going to reach out to Ricky and have him come on, see if he will come on, uh, and uh, he can analyze and do a breakdown, a play-by-play there analysis. You there you go. Uh, I like that. The, uh, but till that happens, uh, I say we not play it. All right, but deal. Go check it out. It's on the tribe. The tribe, by the way, two eyes in the middle. If you're putting yeah. in like the regular way to spell it and you don't find it, you didn't put the two eyes in there. So two eyes. But so very interesting here. Uh, Jamal Green kind of channeling his inner Ricky Hendon in a way. Yeah, right? he's, he, he's coming at him. And so here's the deal. Uh, in this conversation, it sure sounds like Ricky Hendon. In fact, uh, uh, Boykin, 
another former guest on the show who is the campaign manager, uh, Richard Boykin, who's campaign manager for Willie Wilson, uh, said, yes, that is Ricky Hendon. And then they distanced themselves. They said, Ricky does what Ricky wants. This has nothing to do with us. Uh, it seems as though Ricky is uh, offering this uh, J. Mall Green volunteer some kind of money, money. If he drops the challenge, he's the guy officially challenging uh, Willie Wilson for having two uh, homes, for having a home outside of Chicago. Uh, And so, you know, listen, Ricky Hendon plays the game to win. And I've said this so many times. I said this on City uh, So Real. And Ricky Hendon understands the rules of the game that govern ballot access. There's like 10 people who really know it well. He's in the top 10. So these are our rules, ladies and gentlemen. Now, Ricky and I have had this argument slash debate many times. We'll probably have it many more times. I think the rules are absurd. I think the rules uh, are intended to protect incumbents. I think the rules deter democracy. I think the rules in this particular case, I can give you a whole recitation, were set up specifically to help one candidate, Richard M. Daly. He's not even a mayor anymore. And uh, I could give you the whole history of how it got to be 12,500. I'll spare you that. I'll spare you that for another time. I'll I'll spare you that for the deep dive with Ricky Hendon. Um, But the reality is we have 12,500. So you got to get good signatures. If you can't get good signatures and there's all kinds of rules and regulations governing what means by good. There is a hearing officer who will kick off the signature. You knock off enough signatures, you can uh, get someone below that 12,500 threshold. Ricky Hennett is very confident based on his conversation that was taped and uh, played by the tribe. Uh, he's very confident that they will succeed in knocking Jamal Green off the ballot. And he's also confident that they will succeed in knocking Alderman Rod Sawyer off the ballot. And uh, here's the other strategy that Ricky Hendon is pursuing. He's trying, on behalf of Willie Wilson, they're trying to knock off black candidates. And this is just the notion is that every uh, black candidate on the ballot will deter black voters from voting for Willie Wilson. That's like a choice. So if there's a a black voters out in Chicago and they're just going to uh, vote for a black person, If you have more black people on the ballot, that's greater choices, alternatives, if you will, to Willie Wilson, fewer votes for Willie Wilson. So Ricky Ricky doesn't keep this a secret. This is what it's all about. So he's going to challenge Rod Sawyer, who's from the Sixth Ward, Alderman of the Sixth Ward, son of Eugene Sawyer, and he's going to challenge Jay Maul Green, and he's going to try to knock them off. And he's going to figure that anybody who is going to vote for Rod Sawyer will then vote for Willie Wilson. Anybody who is going to vote for J. Maul Green would vote for Willie Wilson. I'm not certain that's 100%, D. If you're a Rod Sawyer fan and you were knocked off the ballot by Willie Wilson, I'm not sure you would say, oh, I'll vote for the guy who knocked me off my guy off the ballot. I'm just saying, okay? I'm just not certain about the logic here, but... What uh, Ricky Hen is also getting at is most Chicagoans, unlike listeners of the Ben Jarofsky show, are not really paying attention. You know what I'm saying? So they're gonna they're not paying attention to the mayor's race until maybe like a week before the mayor's race. So you know that voter uh, will go, well, who's on the ballot that I could vote for? And by then, Rod Sawyer and J. Mo Green have been knocked off. 
Okay. I got Willie Wilson. I'll vote for him without knowing D. So these are kinds of the strategies behind the scenes, uh, the wheeling and dealing that goes on, the thinking that goes on at this stage of the campaign. Here we are in December. We still like two weeks out for Christmas. It's like a dreary rainy day in Chicago. The sun, I haven't seen the sun day and I'm like, I don't know when the last time I saw, I'm not going to see the sun for another week. You know, folks aren't thinking about the mayoral election in February. So, you know, this is where like, like the, it's like the insiders battling, you know, they're battling to see, uh, to fix the ballot in, in, that in a way that'll be advantageous to them. Uh, in uh, February. And by the way, Lori Lightfoot, I guess her th- reigning theory is uh, she's only too happy. I'm sure uh, that uh, Ricky Hendon is doing this dirty work to knock off uh, to a try and knock off Jamal Green and Rod Sawyer. She also benefits by fewer candidates uh, on the ballot. So anyway, that's the games that people play in Chicago uh, in the weeks leading up to a mayoral election. All right. But I like our approach on this with this audio. All right. Uh, Unlike all the other places, Ricky Hendon, we're not going to play it. But if we do, we want you on the show as we play it. So come on the show. We'll play the audio. You can talk with us about it. I think it's a great idea to have Ricky do the play by play. And um, I don't know if we'll do it. The past Ricky has uh, come on the show with no problem, Ben, where do you want to, when do you want to record? We did a show at the hideout. One of my favorite shows, uh, back in the days when I was on the radio station, I can't remember the name of the station, but it was on the radio station before they fired me. And, um, we had Ricky Hendon and Stacy Davis Gates. Uh, and that was a debate. Remember that? I don't D you, were you, uh, I think you were back at the studio. You were not. Oh at yeah. The, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Running yeah. the board, running uh, the board. And you were running the board and man, that was a great debate. Uh, Stacey Davis Gates and Ricky Hendon really went at it. Uh, and uh, so, um, yeah, I, uh, I'm hoping Ricky Hendon comes on the show. We'll see. I'll reach out to him, Dave. Other petition signature challenges, ones that don't involve leaked audio. Attorney Andrew Shoup, who is aligned with mayoral candidate Paul Vallis, is challenging Johnny Logalbo, who describes himself as a consultant. And uh, an objector named Andre Holland has challenged Legalbo and Frederick Collins, a Chicago police officer. Yes. All right. So uh, Paul Vallis uh, right now is the maggiest uh, candidate in the race. I would say he has the strongest claim for the MAGA vote um, in Chicago. There's no doubt in my mind. Uh, Paul Vallis is affiliated with the Fraternal Order Police. Uh, Paul Vallis uh, has made appearances with Jeannie Ives. Uh, Paul Vallis went to the Awake Conference out in Naperville. So, yeah, there's no doubt that he is the most conservative person in the race. Uh, he's not afraid to openly denounce woke and, you know, all the tropes uh, that um, the Republican Party has set up to, to bash Democrats. So any guy who's obviously white I mean. This dude has a sort of Italian name. This is Chicago politics. Boom, get him off the ballot. So that's that's his strategy. Not unlike Ricky Hendon's strategy. Chicago. <laughs> so, you know, so it just one possible uh, alternative for a MAGA voter. MAGA voter, let's say a MAGA voter just, just wants to vote for somebody that they think is white. This is Chicago. So that's been known to happen. 
We talked about this with Ramana Hussein. We had a funny conversation with Ramana Hussein uh, about the propensity of Chicago voters and judicial races to vote for people with Irish last names. So that's the strategy for Paul Vallis. Clear the ballot of people who might siphon votes from him. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, we have a runoff system in Chicago. So this first round, February 28th, is really a battle to make the finals. I don't believe anyone will get more than 50% of the vote. I think everyone agrees on that. It's about the only thing everyone agrees on about this election. But no one will get more than 50% of the vote. And so there will be a runoff. Uh, and so to get to that runoff, I don't know, 15 to 20% at least to be one of the top two candidates. And so every vote is crucial. So you want to knock off anybody who appears on that ballot that might siphon a vote from you. And that's the game that's being played by Paul Vallis as well. All right. Now let's cover what most of us, if we're really being honest, consider to be the top two candidates. First up, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. I've got work to do for our city. Oh, indeed you do. The Mayor Lori Lightfoot Please Re-Elect Me campaign is out with their latest Please Re-Elect Me campaign ad. Another ad reminding us of the mayor's accomplishments, in case you forgot. Her last ad reminded us of something or other. And I really can't remember what the other one was before that either. So the jury's still out if these are actually working. But the ads do feature two names that I don't think I will ever forget. Lightfoot delivers. What about crime? People don't know. Yeah, these two losers, Felix and Oscar, two dudes in a Chicago condo hanging out and talking about the mayor's race. Are they friends? Are they roommates? Are they lovers? The world may never know, but they are back for a third Lori Lightfoot commercial. And this time, Felix and Oscar are debating Lori Lightfoot's progressive accomplishments. Get out of the house, boys. My God. (laughs) Go do something, guys, please. Here's the latest ad from the Lori Lightfoot campaign. Progress. Chicago needs someone to be a truly progressive mayor. Hey, what'd you do that for? Mayor Lightfoot has literally raised minimum wage to $15, made Chicago a safe haven for abortion, and has made record investments in affordable housing. I don't know. Sounds pretty suspect. Mayor, can you? You're right. Chicago did need someone to clean up the mess and pass a progressive agenda. It's all in there, dude. Lightfoot delivers. Does he read? About as much as he cleans. They may be lovers. (laughs) Uh, All right. Uh, So I guess uh, that whatever focus groups uh, the mayor uh, is conducting uh, show that this ad is popular. That this concept, these two guys in their apartment, Felix and Oscar, baby boomers are thrilled because uh, only baby boomers know this, but Felix and Oscar are the name, the characters in the odd couple, uh, the Neil Simon uh, play, movie, and sitcom. So baby boomers are like, they're ready to vote for Felix and Oscar. I love Tony Randall and Jack Klugman. They're ready to go vote for him right now. It doesn't take much to get a baby boomer. Who said baby boomers are that smart? Felix, this is so, they're speaking to me. So I guess that's what the focus groups have shown, you know. Uh, This is a really curious uh, ad, D, because it's trying to address uh, the obvious criticism uh, that's been uh, raised against Lori Lightfoot in many places, including the Ben Jarofsky show. Uh, And that criticism is that uh, she ran as a progressive 
2019, and then she quickly uh, ruled as a mayoral centrist. And that's absolutely correct across the board, without a doubt. Uh, and she, you know what? She did a great job as candidate Lori Lightfoot in 2019. I'm, I have to admit, I, I say that because she fooled me. She fooled me. I talk about it all the time. Came to the hideout with Mick Dumpke. Told me everything I wanted to hear. Mick said, don't fall for it, Ben. Don't be that dumb. And I fell for it. <laughs> don't be naive, Ben. How about when the young guy is more worldly than the old guy? Isn't that kind of annoying when I'm naive? So I fell for it. And then I watched her, what, roll over on Lincoln Yards? The most, I would say, significant development deal of Mayor Lord Lightfoot's tenure. Now, I know I always have to say this because mayoral apologists think they're slick and they'll come back and well, Ben, you know, that deal was actually approved at the last city council meeting before Mayor Lori Lightfoot took office. And I will always say yes, but she could have killed it if she wanted to. Instead, she hid behind the fact that she wasn't the incumbent and allowed uh, the aldermen the freedom to do what they want to do. And they approved it. And then uh, when Amisha Patel and grassroots collaborative went to court uh, to torpedo the deal and end it, she sent in city lawyers to defend it and beat their lawsuit. So it's her deal. No matter how much she uh, tries to convince you of otherwise. And then there's just many other examples of it. I don't want to go on and on about this. So she clearly has upset anybody like that's to the left of center. And so <laughs> to the point where many of the people who left the center saying either I told you so that she wasn't what you thought she was. Or they're saying, my God, how could I be so dumb? But I guess their focus groups must show that you need a certain number of liberal voters or liberal minded voters like Hillary Clinton voters uh, to get to the runoff. So she has to try to convince people that she really is a progressive, which is such a joke of a word, a name these days. It means nothing. It's so overused. I mean, literally progressive, when I think of it, has to do with the distribution of funds. She's not progressive in that because uh, the lion's share of money goes to the wealthiest communities in Chicago through the TIF program. We all know that. Uh, and she's not that way on taxation. She was nowhere in action, missing in action uh, when the fair tax initiative came up and was drubbed. Uh, and she did not join the forces in the city council uh, to put a referendum on the ballot uh, to establish a tax on the sale of the most expensive real estate to generate money for low income housing. She did what she could to kill that initiative. So she's clearly not a progressive but she feels con compelled to try to convince people that she is. So this thing's on this list. I'm like, man, are you really stretching? You had nothing to do with the mi raising of the minimum wage was an initiative. I'm going to give a shout out. Madeline Talbot, an activist that uh, stays behind the scenes. She began that 10 years ago. Lori Lightfoot had nothing to do with the movement that compelled the city of Chicago to finally raise the minimum wage, to adopt that $15 an hour minimum wage. Yeah, the issue was forced by other people who did the heavy lifting. Even Mayor Rahm signed on to that one, had no other choice. And so the whole thing, and uh, the safe haven for abortion, isn't that uh, Rosanna Rodriguez's proposal? Alderwoman Rosanna Rodriguez, good friend of the Ben Jarofsky show. Mayor Lori Lightfoot, 
stole the idea from Rosanna. And by the way, how is that such a brave thing to do anyway? I mean, think about it, ladies and gentlemen. Chicago, 85% voted for uh, Joe Biden in the last election. Voted for Hillary Clinton, almost the same margin. This is uh, a city that's very much pro-choice. So it's hardly really sticking your neck out to say to 85% of the people, I'm going to do something that you want that will cost me nothing. And, of course, we know um, in the final analysis uh, in terms of affordable housing in the city of Chicago, the city of Chicago, as far as I can tell, uh, does not want affordable housing, does not want in any way uh, to impede the continued gentrification in the city. That's the official economic development program of the city, has been since Harold Washington died. That's make the city more expensive so poor people, middle class people, working people are moved out. That's the plan. That's the policy. I don't know why anybody denies it. We see it all the time, like with CHA land, which is sold to the fire instead of being developed for low-income housing. Our property tax system is forcing so many people. I just got my property tax bill. D, here you go. Would you please pay my... <laughs> huh? That's an, old, that's an old gag I haven't done in a while. Property tax bill came so outrageously high. We should go to an acquisition-based form of assessment a story for another time. So, D, I think this commercial works. I'm not saying it, it's accurate, but I do believe it works. She, I don't believe she'd gone to the table three times. Isn't it three with these two? Or is it two with the – I can't remember. Felix, I, I'm convinced that their polls, their focus groups are showing that baby boomers love it. It's so funny. It makes them think of Jack Klugman and Tony Randall. <laughs> so, yeah, they're going to go with it again. What I mean, the heck? She's, I mean, the progressive thing, you know, she's got a great relationship with uh, Byron Sigcho Lopez, right? <laughs> There's not a progressive in the city of Chicago, really. Well, I think of a few who they don't even call themselves progressives the few i'm thinking of but there's not a you know most progressives in the city of chicago are not going to vote for a uh, lori life if by progressive you mean lefties no no she has her supporters kelly cassidy i see ukc big supporter on the lakefront uh, i can think of a few others uh so it just i guess it's possible if you are progressive to like lori lightfoot uh, but i would just have to say that in terms of progressive initiatives from lori lightfoot Mm-mm-mm. she did not follow up on her promises. The mayor picked up some campaign cash this week as well. Lightfoot reported a $150,000 boost from the Carpenters Pack and $25,000 from the Leuna Chicago Laborers Pack, giving her a total of, all together now, listeners, $175,000 earned this week. Great job. And great job, Lori Lightfoot, $175,000. I'm just going to let that feel like a lot of money as long as I can (laughs) before I read this next story. Hang tight with me. $175,000. That's a lot. Now, to the other guy. I'm Chewy Garcia. Yeah, him. (laughs) No new campaign ads from Chewy this week. But Chewy, I tell you what, if you want to film two douchebags talking about politics in their house, Ben and I will do it. Fine. (laughs) Sign us up. So unlike the mayor, no new ads. But like the mayor, he did get some union money. And unlike the mayor, it was literally a million dollars. 
The headline reads, Union's $1 million commitment to Garcia highlights labor divisions in mayor's race. The pledge from Local 150, hey, we know those guys, of the International Union of Operating Engineers would increase U.S. Representative Jesus Chuy Garcia's mayoral campaign fund from $609,000 to about $1.6 million. It is motivated in part by what union spokesman Ed Maher calls <laughs> the lawlessness in Chicago. But Ben, there's a little more to this endorsement, though, isn't there? Yes. And uh, by the way, that headline is from the Chicago Sun-Times. So let me just say this before I take the deep dive. Uh, Ed Maher is a very dear friend of this show. Uh, and after I got fired by WCPT, uh, Ed Maher was so, uh, I guess, upset by the way I was treated uh, that uh, he and his union uh, made a donation to keep the Ben Jarosky show alive. So always will thank and appreciate Ed Maher for that. And in the early days, he would come on the show. Uh, and, uh, and I think it was like every other Tuesday or Thursday, whatever. I can't remember. It's a long time ago. It doesn't matter anyway. Uh, so very good friend of the show, uh, Ed Maher. Uh, that said, Ed, I'm not with you a hundred percent on this one. Uh, and so the, uh, the official statement that you gave to the uh, sun times, and by the way, if you want to come back on the show Ed, and debate this more than welcome anytime. Uh, but the official statement that you made uh, to the sun times uh, in that story was that uh, you were going, your union was going with Chewy Garcia uh, because uh, of a crime in Chicago had stopped the um, construction industry, that the number of cranes that you saw downtown was lower than it had been in past years. Uh, and the number of construction projects and when your union members were employed on uh, had fallen in the last few years. And it's because of crime, uh, in your humble opinion. And that uh, is to delay to uh, Lori Lightfoot is to be blamed for that because she has not come up with effective policing strategies to bring crime down. Uh, and I'll push back on that. Uh, we've, as I say all the time uh, on the show, we've had crime in the city of Chicago for as long as I can remember, for as long as I've lived here. Uh, and we've also had construction downtown. Uh, some of the biggest booms in downtown construction took place during the daily years in the 90 when crime was rampant throughout the city. There were more murders in Chicago than there are now. Uh, similarly, during the ROM years, ROM bragged about every single construction project, every single crane. I think the guy kept a running track of every crane in Chicago. And he looked the other way and murders and carnage uh, in the city. So I don't think there's a correlation between crime in Chicago and construction uh, operations in the central city. I think that the real uh, impact, uh, and you can't blame Lori Lightfoot for this, was COVID. Back in the day, uh, Dennis and I, we had a studio uh, in uh, the West Loop in the uh, Sun-Times building uh, and we had to vacate that studio because of COVID because nobody was going into work anymore. Everybody was working from their home. Uh, and, but I remember walking through the loop, uh, with Dennis on many occasions, uh, in 20 up 2019 and 2020, and the area would be bustling, just commuters coming out of the building things at rush hour time heading for their trains to go back home uh, in the morning the reverse commute it was just like the sidewalks were crowded i remember died uh, have fun dodging the people remember the d remember the way i used to dodge like i was a football player all the people on the sidewalks yeah it's a little embarrassing yeah i remember yeah that. it is <laughs> it is pretty embarrassing to walk with me down a crowded d, street where I are you admit. going i'm like walking fast to get away from you <laughs> point is uh covet ended all that 
Not only did Dennis and I uh, leave the comfort of our beloved studio in the Sun-Times, eventually the entire Sun-Times left that building. They're not there anymore. Many of the buildings, like companies moved out of uh, their office space. Or maybe they kept their office space, had to renegotiate the lease, and now they're trying to figure out Are they going to have folks working at home? Are they going to have folks working at the office? How many days a week? If you're Elon Musk, you're ordering everyone. You'll sleep and live (laughs) in your office. But this is, this was COVID related. I can't blame this on Lori Lightfoot, you know? So I believe we're slowly coming out of it. 150 has their own reasons, different reasons, in my humble opinion, uh, for not, uh, endorsing Lori Lightfoot. I do not know what they are. I'm not privy to those inside reasons. I think this is more or less an excuse uh, for having other reasons for not endorsing a Lori Lightfoot. And uh, Ed, come on the show uh, if you want to uh, debate this with me. And if not, that's cool too, because I will always appreciate how you came to our defense when we were on the ropes. Now we find out. Which mayoral candidate had a better week? First off, it is Lori Lightfoot. No petition challenges this week, by the way, for Lori Lightfoot. Do you see anybody making any petition challenges to Lori Lightfoot? No, Brian Hopkins, the alderman of the second ward, uh, had said he was going to look at her petitions. And then after he looked at them, he said he uh, he, he wasn't going to challenge her. He said, oh, I think I may be able to knock her off, but I don't have enough time. <laughs> what those signatures say? My uh, God. Hey, yeah, stop looking at these. Yeah, uh, come on, Hopkins. You know, I don't know about that. We're just for a moment here. So, you know? I mean, you talk a big game and then you drop out. You know what I'm saying, Dick? Come on, man. It's like, get in the ring. If you're going to do it, do it. You know, first you said you were going to run for mayor, then you didn't run for mayor. Then you said you're going to challenge life, but then you didn't challenge your petition. I don't know. All right, so $175,000, a brand new ad, and no petition challenges this week for Lori Lightfoot. On to... I'm Chewy Garcia. <laughs> no petition signature challenges as well. Yeah. And a $1 million endorsement. Ben Jarofsky, who had the better week? Oh, well, there's no doubt that uh, Chewy Garcia had the better week. million dollars is a million dollars. And, uh, D, that's a million dollars. Okay, and one more time, D. A million dollars. So, um, yes, uh, there's no doubt in my mind that uh, if you just do it one week. Now, on one hand, you know, Lori Lightfoot didn't get that challenge from Brian Hopkins. So she doesn't have to worry about uh, getting on the ballot. She had that problem back in 2019, uh, 2018, actually, is when the challenge went down. Remember, Tony Parkwinkle was challenging her for a while, her ballot. Uh, and uh, But now she doesn't have to worry about that. So that's good. But I don't know. million bucks. So there we go. All right. Well, this week goes... Jesus Chewy Garcia. I'm Chewy Garcia. Yeah, that's your name. <laughs> hey, Jesus Chewy Garcia, why don't you show up to the forum on Tuesday? All right? Yeah, I know Mayor Lori Lightfoot. She's the mayor. She doesn't dignify forums. <laughs> I'm not going to that forum. Mayors don't go to forums, D. Mayor Rahm never went to a forum. I'm Mayor Rahm, and I don't go to forums. Uh, but come on, Chewy. You're a challenger. You're not the. <laughs> you're not mayor yet. I don't know. It's kind of like, you know, not going to forums, D, not a good look, in my humble opinion, for a challenger to be above forums when you're a challenger. You get what I'm saying? 
I'm quoting Ken Davis here. By the way, I saw Kenny D. Ken oh. Davis sh- showed up. I didn't tell you this. It was great seeing Ken Davis. He was at um, uh, Promontory on Tuesday when we did our show. It was great seeing him. And then, you know, he's playing hard to get the getting him come back in the show. I'm begging and pleading. He goes, I'll think about it. Um, but uh, I don't know. Bad luck, in my humble opinion, uh, Jesus Chuy Garcia to, uh, you know, kind of act like you've got such pressing business in Congress. Guy, if you have such pressing business in Congress, why are you running for mayor at all? I mean, if it's so, you know what I'm saying? Like, you kind of knew that going into the mayor's race, that at the very least, you're going to have to take sort of a sabbatical on being a congressman. I mean, that's just part of the deal. You know what I mean? You can't do both at once. And I don't know what's going on in Congress right now that they absolutely need your vote anyway. I mean, if there was a really burning issue that needed every single Democratic vote, okay. But I don't know what's going down on Tuesday. So come on, Jesus Chewy Garcia. You're not mayor yet. You can't be as arrogant as Lori Lightfoot. All right, D. There. Nice. All right. Chewy Garcia had the better week this week. Better luck next week, Lori Lightfoot. Progress. Chicago needs someone to be a truly progressive mayor. Mayor Lightfoot has literally raised minimum wage to $15. Oh, you guys are buzzkills. My God. <laughs> Felix and Oscar. Oh, D, but they were baby boomers. They're swooning everywhere. I love the odd couple. Oh, my God. That, that one show with Howard Cosell is so funny. Remember, you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows, Benny J bonus interviews, and so much more. Chicago Reader, chicagoreader.com. And if you want to help out this program, you can. chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky. Ben, who is on this weekend's lineup? Oh, my God. Ramana Hussein uh, and uh, Jim Coogan. Can I just give a shout out to young Jimmy Coogan? Jim Coogan, the distinguished attorney, comes on our show, put together a cheat sheet of all the, the lawsuits against Donald Trump. Two pages, D. And then we took the deep dive. It was two Trump legal uh, lawsuit geeks going at it. And D, I don't know how Donald Trump is not in jail. <laughs> this guy, man, he's I got to give him credit. I mean, when it comes to cooking up cockamamie excuses, legal excuses, justifications for the stuff he does, uh, and to just challenge lawsuits and drag them out forever. He's the king. So we take the deep dive, take it uh, part, uh, piece by piece. Uh, and then uh, we haven't done the interview yet, but uh, Mario Smith uh, will be our guest on uh, Monday. Uh, well, we're going to do the interview today. We're dropping Monday. Uh, and he, of course, is the um, longtime radio show host, a political observer from the South Side. And we are going to do a deep dive on the mayor's race, uh, aldermanic races. Uh, and I got a feeling we'll be talking about the Ricky Hendon, uh, Jamal Green uh, situation as well. All right. Uh, I want to thank the man, the myth, the legend, the pride and joy of Alton, Illinois, without whom this show would be possible. What a great job he did today, ladies and gentlemen, as Rob Marquick uh, and, uh, and Jesus Garcia will tell you back home in Alton. They call him Dr. D. The D stands for Demarvelous. Give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. Have a great weekend, everybody. I've got work to do. I've got work to do. 
Life with delivers. What about crime? People don't know.